Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 179 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored, as always, by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are back to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. Carly, normally this is where I ask you what you've been doing, but your week is going to be our main attraction. Yes. So (laughs) I was at somewhere that just opened, so I know we're going to be talking about that in the main attraction, but uh, I also hit up Knott's Berry Farm for Peanut Celebration. It's one of my favorite theme park festivals. It's so cute. They have wonderful entertainment amazing food offerings knots really knocks it out of the park with mm-hmm. their festival offerings and they have like dozens and dozens of things to try it's really impossible to hit it all but i have to make mention of this mexican street corn pizza Ooh. that i shared and it was one of the best festival things ever and knots always does some like interesting pizza one time i had like i think it was like a anti-pasta pizza or something they always do really cool ones for their festivals and mm. This was excellent. So if you're making a SoCal trip, go to Knott's. Boysenberry Festival is starting in just a few weeks. So that'll be yeah. even more food. Knott's has absolutely fantastic food festivals. The one thing I have noticed, the first year I did one of their food festivals, their tasting lanyards were an incredible bargain. I hear the pricing's changed a little. Did you happen to, to take a look at uh, at how well, that is this year? Okay, so Knott's is a little <laughs> different. The food is like a full-size portion. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of times with, with like Disney and stuff, you're used to like the small plates, um, even Mardi Gras at Universal Orlando at Knott's. These are like full dishes. Like the pizza wasn't just like a little baby piece of flatbread. It was like a gigantic sure. piece. So it's a little bit more. I didn't do the lanyard. I just purchased stuff outright because I wasn't right. sure what I was going to get or how long I was going to spend there. But it yep. is a little bit pricier than the other ones, but worth it if you're going to be going a few times. Fantastic. Uh, I'm jealous. I'm going to be out there, uh, but Knott's is unfortunately not on my agenda no. uh, next week. No, I, maybe uh, I'll be able to slip away, but I've got I got a full plan of, of Disneyland and uh, Universal Hollywood, and I'm going to go do a studio tour with D23 of the Disney Studios. Ooh. So uh, maybe even hit the uh, new Academy Museum. At, yes, uh, uh, that's Park, amazing. So. I haven't gone there, but everyone that has raves about yeah. it. Very excited about that. Well, <clears throat> I promised uh, we would talk a little bit of Mardi Gras, and I got to do the Mardi Gras parade as a float rider. Uh, first time I've done that in a couple years. Um, I will say that since the last time I've done that, they have streamlined the procedure. They made it really comfortable. They had a place for us to hang out at Animal Actors, and we were able to access bathrooms and food while we waited. Uh, there wasn't a lot of wasted time. They really uh, were very efficient about getting us organized, getting our costumes, getting us on the floats. And uh, I, I've done it before from like, you know, the riverboat or the gator, where you're a little lower down, closer to the, the ground. This time I was on the tidal float, the crew of Dionysus float at the very top level. Um, and you're basically looking out over the whole park. You're, you know, 25 feet up at least. And Boy, that was a totally different perspective. I've never gotten to see the Mardi Gras parade like that. So that was uh, that was really exciting. 
Right. It's just so thrilling. And even like you said, when you're reading in animal actors, they have music playing. It's kind of like a whole experience that starts like yeah. immediately when you get there. It's just. Yeah, they have they have really enthusiastic uh, TMs kind of warming the crowd up. Uh, it was really kind of a fun party atmosphere and uh, a really great time. Very glad I did it. Uh, if you want to do it, best way is uh, if you just want to guarantee a slot is to purchase that uh, float ride and dine package that gets right. you a dinner and a reservation. Um, but uh, they do release them uh, through the virtual queue in the app. A few go out every day at three, but your best bet is um, they ch they cut off uh, the check-ins for the reservations one hour before the parade steps off. And immediately right then, anyone who hasn't checked in gets released. So check it right exactly one hour before step off and you might get lucky. Yes, I see. I follow a lot in like the UOAP group on mm -hmm. Facebook, and a lot of people have success doing it that way. Just yep. kind of lingering by animal actors, keep yep. refreshing because it's totally worth it. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, well, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I think it is time for us to jump into the news in the queue. All right. Well, we are going to start off today's show with a couple pieces of breaking news uh, just came out today. Uh, first of all, big news for fans of the Velocicoaster at Universal Orlando's Islands of Adventure. It is now, as of today, the 20th of February, included in Express Passes. Oh, this is so exciting because, I mean, usually the wait isn't too bad. It usually, like, peaks and busy days at like 45 minutes but mm -hmm. if you're staying in one of those premier resorts and you have that beautiful unlimited express you haven't been able to use it there so this is wonderful news yes this is great news for folks who do have the express passes uh whether you got them free staying at a hotel uh you shelled out for them or like me you have the after yep. four express pass with your annual pass those folks who are stuck going standby not so great news for it. I looked at the app this morning and uh, granted this is President's Day. We knew this was going to be a, a busy, busy day, uh, but I was seeing wait times of over two hours for Velocicoaster uh, already uh, this morning. Uh, this is a little tricky. This is going to greatly reduce the hourly capacity for standby guests. And they already were running into a bit of an issue of Velocicoaster. Um, the maximum theoretical capacity for this ride is somewhere around uh, 1,700 people an hour. Uh, but they changed the uh, system where they check the restraints. Now everyone's lap bars are getting checked twice instead of once. Uh, and that slows down the dispatches. So they can really get only closer to 13 or 1,400 people an hour. Uh, and when you mix an express, uh, basically, uh, you want to hit this thing first thing at rope drop. Um, there's usually a little drop in the wait time around noon or wait until the end of the day uh, if you are a standby rider. Uh, also, beware the single rider line on this uh, because oh. it's two by two seating. That, that single rider line sometimes is even longer than right. the standby line. No, absolutely. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, the Universal Express Pass premium price, premium products. I yep. think it's wonderful. And now that this is included is just great. Again, it'll affect standby, but you know what, if you know how to plan your day and you don't have express go early, like you said, keep mm -hmm. checking. It does dip a lot. Yep. 
Absolutely. All right. And the other uh, not so happy piece of breaking news that we got, uh, the DreamWorks Water Park at the American Dream Mall in New Jersey is closed today after a uh, prop helicopter fell uh, and landed in a, a pool. Uh, four people injured, apparently not seriously. Um, but, uh, this is, this is not, you know, DreamWorks or the whole American mall, uh, American dream mall has not had a lot of great publicity lately. They've had financial problems. They've had all sorts of issues. And this is, uh, this is kind of a scary, uh, scary headline. Absolutely. I mean, like we were talking before, like, it feels like that place has been cursed since many years ago when it was Xanadu and they're starting. There's always issues. It is a weird fever dream of the place. If you are in the New York City area, make a visit there. You don't have to go into the park, but just look at it. It is so bizarre. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I... I hate to get all poltergeist on it, but this is what happens when you build on the Meadowlands. Uh, you never know who or what was buried. Like they, they maybe Jimmy Hoffa was underneath there, and then he's cursed the place. Who knows? Uh, whew, yeah. So um, if your plans uh, for this weekend in, in, or this week included the DreamWorks Water Park and American Dream, you might want to uh, replan something. Right. All right, let's get to some happier news, and we will start with a slew of Disney headlines, beginning with the arrival of the Disney 100 exhibition, uh, kicking off its worldwide tour at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia this past week. Right. This has been so highly anticipated. They have been teasing us with little pieces of what we can expect. There are 10 galleries and this is like not your average D23 exhibit. If you've ever been to one, they are amazing because they're just chock full of so much history. But this is like next level with the use of technology. This is pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, our friend uh, Ricky Briganti out in Philly attended for us and gave a great write up uh, with some photos that we uh, encourage you to go to our website and check out. Um, Bob Gurr, uh, who is a legendary Disney Imagineer, uh, was there. He pops up at all these things. I, I oh, hope yeah. I have half the energy that he has when I'm his age. Right, and you see him every night on Instagram making martinis. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's what keeps him young. It's all yeah. those martinis. Um, so yeah, uh, 10 galleries spread across 15,000 square feet uh, filled with artwork, artifacts, and documents marking important moments in 10 decades of Disney memories. Uh, it's all been put together with the help of Becky Klein, who directs the Walt Disney Archives. Uh, and it is, it's been described as a once-in-a-lifetime event um, with, with artifacts dating back to Walt's earliest days uh, right up to the present day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see this. This is going to be traveling around the world, but this is just the beginning. So I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of opportunities, you know, geographically to check this mm -hmm. out. So we got we got to talk about the uh, the holographic elephant yeah. in the room. Uh, probably the most uh, controversial part <laughs> of this whole thing is that they have they call it a hologram. Uh, just seeing it on on a, a flat screen, I can't tell if it's actually three dimensional seeing it in person. Uh, it looks just like a projection to me. Uh, but it is a recreation of Walt himself using what Disney calls their magic stage technology. Uh, it is quote unquote new footage used using artificial intelligence technologies uh, to let Walt introduce the 
experience to guests and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ricky saw it. Let's say, say this. Uh, a lot, you know, the people who are reacting very strongly to it are just seeing tiny little clips on video. Uh, Ricky saw it in present in, in, in person and um, he called it a bit unusual, but did say <laughs> that Walt's presence adds a warm beginning to the journey ahead. So, you know, a, a balanced review there. Um, yeah, I, I, I personally, I need to see it in person to <laughs> make a judgment. I mean, this is one of those things where it's hard to really make a pass at it through a yeah. video, you know, with this yeah. technology. But it is, it's a little creepy, but... It, you know. it's a it's a little uncanny valley um especially his hair to me uh seems seems a little max headroom uh but um you know the biggest criticism i've seen people have is of his hands his hands are very animated his gestures however if you go back and watch a lot of those old uh, wonderful world of disney introductions that he did back in the 60s he kind of was a hand talker he's yeah. he, it was kind of theatrical uh you know um his ma manner of speaking so uh it might be a little too much but i i don't think it's it's as over the top as some people right so so maybe they nailed it <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe i i mean bob bob Gurr knew walt so uh i will take his judgment of what he thinks of it um though i do know back in the day that they always said they never wanted to create an animatronic of walt because they thought that would be uh disrespectful or improper Right. Um, so I, I'm, I wonder what changed their mind. Animatronics, not okay, but uh, artificial intelligence hologram is. Right. I mean, because it's basically, that's what it is, just like progress with technology, yeah. you know, fundamentally. Uh, but this exhibit has so many incredible pieces. Yeah. Um, some of them. Yeah, if, if you don't like, well, just move on past yeah. them and go yeah. look at the artifacts. Yeah, it, it's, it's a little creepy. I'm with you. Um, there's an original <laughs> Luke Skywalker lightsaber, which is really, really cool. Um, yes, original Luke Skywalker lightsaber. Um, we've got handwritten notes written by Walt Disney himself about uh, the Disneyland opening day. Um, but, you know, uh, naked animatronics, uh, models uh, from movies, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, you, there's there's even a pair of original ride vehicles from um, a space, or I'm sorry, the Matterhorn bobsleds and Peter Pan. Right. I, I've gone to like a few D23 exhibits and that's always my favorite part is when you see Disney park pieces. Yes. Like, yes. And so this is really special because, you know, it brings a little bit of the parks to you if you're up in the Northeast. All right. So the, this, this whole exhibit took four years to put together. Uh, they think it's going to bring 200,000 visitors to Philly uh, through August 27th, which is when it closes. Uh, and then it's going to move to another city. Uh, it's going to continue around the world. So uh, if you want to check it out while it is in Philly, um, go to fi.edu. Um, it's for the Franklin Institute. Uh, okay. Coming up next, Kang the Conqueror has arrived at an Avengers campus at Disneyland for a limited time to celebrate the new Ant-Man adventure, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yes, if you've been following along, you know that they have it in their marketing that when a show launches, you can almost always expect that that character is going to make a brief uh, you know, appearance in Avengers Campus at DCA. So this was really cool. I love how they do this. It keeps things fresh and always changing because you don't really know how long they're going to stay. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's <laughs> this is a definitely a be fair to Florida thing because uh, they get a constant uh, cycle. They get a constant refreshing of these characters. Uh, it gives you a new uh, reason to go out there and hang out in Avengers Campus. Um, I have not yet seen the new movie. Have you? No. No. Um, it's. I'll, I'll. I'll probably get to it when it shows up on Disney Plus. Yes. yes. Sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so uh, we've already in the past seen Ant Man and the Wasp uh, hanging out in Avengers Campus. They even have a tiny little model of Flick's Fun Fair, which is the land that used to be where Avengers Campus is to uh, now uh, that they they show off. Um, but uh, for a limited time, you can meet Kang the Conqueror. And also for a limited time, you can head to Pim Test Kitchen and get the Ooze Cauldron right. for only $27.79, which is inspired by a pivotal scene in the new movie that I've not seen. So I don't know why it's pivotal. Uh, I don't know why you want to drink ooze uh, out uh, of the cauldron. It, someone uh, explained it to me, and it makes sense. Okay. And Yes. Um, I was at DCA when this became available and I was really tempted to purchase it, but I do not need another Sylvanair cup, but I did see some people with it and it is really cool. Very, very cool in person. All right. Uh, well, another, another thing to add to your shelf, uh, or put up on eBay, I guess. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you are not in Disneyland, uh, there are also, uh, heroic moments with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, available to experience at Avengers Campus in Disneyland Paris, um, aboard the Disney Wish in the worlds of Marvel Dining Experience, and uh, at Marvel Universe inside Shanghai Disneyland. And uh, they've even got their own attraction at Hong Kong Disneyland. So pretty much and wherever you are, except Walt Disney World, <laughs> you can uh, celebrate Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. <laughs> um, and before uh, I move on... Uh, Speaking of uh, California Adventure, got a note in the chat from Eric O that we just got some breaking news from Disney California Adventure Park. Uh, I do not have that. I'm not going to stop and look at my phone right now, uh, but uh, yeah. someone wants to let us know what that breaking news is. Uh, we'll Please. drop it in here. <laughs> All right. In the meantime... Uh, we've got more Disneyland excitement. Um, there are a couple Disneyland After Dark events coming up that I would love to attend personally. Uh, and the first one is the return of Star Wars Night. Uh, this time it's back for the most nights ever. Four nights, May 2nd, 4th, 8th, and 11th. Uh, the Force can be with you at Disneyland Park. Yeah, I mean, these are so popular. I'm happy that they added. I mean, it's such a, like crapshoot if you can get in it's similar to the run disney races when these things launch the registration online so the mm -hmm. fact that they added some nights yes that's good because this is going to be insanely popular I, you know i am already traumatized this week from my uh four hours of not getting a annual pass reservation for tron previews um, so i don't know if i want to face uh the system i believe that uh february 21st is when these go on sale uh, for Magic Key holders, and then the general public on February 23rd, um, and you're you're gonna have to jump on that web uh, the second they open up to have a chance. Yeah, it's insane. Like I I love Oogie Boogie, but each year it's like, is this worth the six hour stress that I can't concentrate anything because you just <laughs> see 
spinning stuff on your your screen but it is worth it for a lot of people because these sell out you know disney if you are listening this is my little editorial um there is no reason whatsoever why these limited capacity events have to be done in this stressful way all you have to do is set up a web form that people have until a certain time to fill out and you can anytime in that week or whatever let us fill out that form let us put our preferences let us give rank preferences for which dates we're able to attend and then anyone who gets in before that time has should have an equal chance uh and just you guys put it all in a hopper pick out the names and let us know whether we got it or not don't make us sit up there for hours watching a little spinning circle uh to get lucky enough because there's nothing more frustrating than when you finally get in and then you click on it and you're like, oh, no, you got in, but all the dates have been taken in the two seconds since we let you in. Definitely. There's and no need for it. Right. No need at all. No. With, like, Run Disney last week, whatever it was, I saw people, like, they saw a hold on their credit card, but then registration never came through. So, like, the money was taken out as a pending charge, but then they actually never fully completed the registration, so they never got in, which it's, is so it's needless. So... If you do manage to survive the gauntlet, the squid game that is uh, <laughs> Disney's online system, uh, and you make it into Star Wars night, here's what you're going to get. You're going to get some commemorative keepsakes, like a souvenir credential and an event guide map. Um, you are going to get to take photos with backdrops with the uh, your favorite heroes and villains. Uh, and uh, unlimited digital downloads of the photo passes during the party are included. Uh, you can purchase themed snacks like galactic churros and uh, other specially themed merchandise. There's dance parties, character encounters. Uh, they're going to bring back the March of the First Order with Captain Phasma, which we haven't seen in a while. Um, and there is going to be some sort of lightsaber instructional demonstration. It uh, doesn't sound like it's the full old uh, uh, Jedi Training Academy, but some sort of uh, lightsaber class all capped off with the uh, Star Wars Celebrate the Night Fireworks Spectacular. Yes, I mean, they pack a lot in these events. They really are amazing. I mm -hmm. mean, just for like the specialty food and entertainment that you get. So these are really mm -hmm. cool. And you get to go into the park at limited capacity. You're probably yes. not going to be trying and to ride rides. You're probably going to be doing all this stuff, but it's there. Well, you know, speaking of the rides, obviously uh, a popular part of it is going to be the after hours access to the Star Wars attractions. They specifically call out Star Tours, Millennium Falcon and Rise of the Resistance. I know the first time that they did one of these nights, they did not advertise Rise of the Resistance as part of it. Um, this time they say it will be there subject to availability. But the one ride I noticed is not listed is Hyperspace Mountain. Um, right. For the last few years in May, around May the 4th, they've been converting Space Mountain over to Hyperspace Mountain, which I actually really enjoy. I think it's a really yeah. fun layover. Uh, but right now, I do not see that listed anywhere. So maybe we should not count on Hyperspace Mountain returning this year. No. That would be a shame. Uh, anyway, as we said, this takes place on uh, four nights, May 2nd, 4th, 8th, and 11th. Uh, it's 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., uh, and you get a three-hour mix-in, so you can enter the park as early as 6 p.m. Tickets cost $149 um, uh, for uh, the 2nd and the 8th, $159 for the 11th, and $169 Ooh. for May the 4th. <laughs> May the 4th be with you. 
Shocker. Um, it's gonna be so hard. That's going to go first. <laughs> and, you know, they, they do talk about uh, pre-sale for Magic Key holders. I do not know if Magic Key holders, though, get a discount. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 pricey, but, you know, these, these events, they're fun. Uh, the stress of getting into them <laughs> right. aside, uh, these, these are fun events. Um, Definitely. So, and if you uh, get it on May the 4th, that's going to be the best people watching. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, because, you know, the ability for adults to dress up to cosplay, uh, normally that is restricted. And there are still restrictions that you got to read up on on your your costumes. Uh, no weapons, please. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, if you are uh, a Disney adult uh, who is also a Star Wars adult and uh, you spend a lot of money on your Jedi robes, uh, this is a great place to wear them. All right, uh, and the other Star, uh, sorry, Disneyland After Dark event that we have to talk about, which I think looks even cooler, yes. is Throwback Night, uh, April 18th and 20th. They're flashing back to the 1950s and 60s. Um, so if you are a Dapper Day kind of person, uh, this sounds like it was made for you. Oh, absolutely. And I just love even the press images that they're using, how mm -hmm. they're all in black and white. and the it looks very cute. Uh, again, expect really good outfits because that's what we get at Disneyland is the best costumes. And then Absolutely. if you can register and get in, you're going to get some commemorative keepsakes. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious what that will be, especially the event guide. That sounds like a, something you'd frame. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm hoping that they do like a replica map from the early days. Um, you're also going to get access to iconic uh, Disneyland attractions like uh, Peter Pan, Pirates, and Jungle Cruise. Um, you're going to get uh, to take photos with vintage-inspired backdrops. They've got uh, posters from classic Disney films and long-gone attractions like the Skyway. Um, and, of course, again, those PhotoPass photos will be included. And uh, they're going to be offering some special uh, treats uh, made just for the event uh, and merchandise, um, vintage dance parties with DJs, and they're going to cap the night off with uh, a, a tribute to the original Fantasy in the Sky fireworks. That is the coolest part. When I read mm -hmm. this, I was like, okay, that is amazing. That is yeah. really cool. Yeah. So uh, this, this is happening on the 18th and the 20th. Again, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., and you get a three-hour mix-in with your ticket. Um, prices are similar to the Star Wars. Uh, starts at 129, uh, goes up to 145, and uh, tickets are on sale the same times as the Star Wars tickets. So uh, Magic Key holders on the 21st at 9 a.m. Pacific, and then the general public on the 23rd at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, thoughts and prayers may the odds ever in your favor if you're going for this. Yes, and uh, thanks to Eric, we just got some breaking news from Disneyland. Yes, and actually we just, uh, looks like, have a, a article just published uh, on it. Um, let me see if I can bring that up. Um, give me, you, you chat amongst yourselves yeah. and I will see if I can uh, <laughs> make this article magically appear. The Roman Empire was neither holy nor Roman. Discuss. Um, here we go. Here we go. All right. San Francisco Square is going to open this summer. Wow. <laughs> That's sooner than expected. Uh, 
at Disney California Adventure. Late breaking news uh, just coming out right now. Uh, looks like part of the Disney Celebrate 100 celebration going on right now will include the debut of San Francisco Square, uh, formerly known as the Pacific Wharf area of Disney California Adventure. And uh, it is going to be a vibrant multicultural district of neighborhood restaurants and small businesses where you can eat and shop. Uh, we've yes. got uh, an image here of the uh, Japanese Tory style gates over the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, yes, the San Fran, San Francisco. I'm going to kill myself trying to say this I, word. Over. It is so San Francisco Gate Bridge, uh, spanning the tidal pools between San Francisco Square and Paradise Gardens Park. Um, you can see the floating wind turbine atop an old fishing net tannery, which powers the district. And uh, there are little details around about the area's past. Yes, so a Walt Disney Imagineering shared today. So this is going to transport you to a fictional mashup of obviously San Francisco and Tokyo. And the story is that as the tech industry began to emerge, local fishing trade fell on hard times. So entrepreneurs came together to reinvent the seaside canneries into a vibrant multicolored district. So I love that story. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I guess we'd only really heard a little bit about it at D23 when it was announced. All right. The most important part of all this, uh, yes, it's going to be wonderful that we're going to be have a Baymax meet and greet. Uh, it, it's and it looks like it is an outdoor meet and greet. Uh, so they're not investing. Uh, they're not building a new structure. It doesn't look like for this meet and greet. Uh, it's going to be outside a converted warehouse. But much more importantly, they say that today Pacific Wharf is home to eateries featuring sourdough bread, ice cream yes. sundaes, Mexican fare, Asian dishes, and more. And these offerings will still be available to be enjoyed during the transformation. And once the transformation is complete, there will be some new offerings like soups in freshly baked bread rolls, as well as Asian-inspired selections. Um, and this is interesting, the new port of San Francisco <laughs> the new port of San Francisco, Cerveceria, draws inspiration from its tri-cultural influences with signage of English, Japanese, and Spanish. Uh, and outside will be a beer garden decorated with festooned lights and papel picado. So uh, a Cerveceria. Uh, so we're going to get raw fish inspired by um, both Asian uh and uh mexican flavors very cool um and i'm gonna assume that the queso maria is gonna stick around because i feel oh, like oh i hope so fine. that is so good yes <laughs> i hope so yeah you know this is one of my favorite uh spots in any of the disney parks for uh quick service food um a lot of really good options and and they've all been upgraded over the last few oh, years yeah. um, they've all gotten much better um and I'm just happy uh, the sourdough is sticking around, which uh, makes me think that the sourdough uh, bakery tour is sticking around, which means I can still get my my free snacks. <laughs> you can just keep going through and get a little oh, piece of bread. It is delicious. Time. It is delicious. There's no and limit. <laughs> and by right. had sourdough at the end. Well, uh, shout out to uh, Eric. Thank you very much for catching that while we were on the air so we could uh, bring you that breaking news. And... Uh, 
let's move on to our last piece of news in the queue hopping across the pool to blackpool pleasure beach in the uk they are looking to pay someone to ride their roller coasters yep a roller coaster test rider job opening is open uh if you are ready to help them get open for their season on march 18th uh they need your help i thought this was so cool i love when parks do these sort of you know promotions that are just they're just great marketing tools uh mm -hmm. the new and employees Park seems to be especially good at, at doing these gimmicks oh yes i don't know if anyone was following the alton towers thing they did <laughs> yes. last week there was what a promotion i it's so good so if you are up for this challenge and in england you will get to test their 10 roller coasters to make sure that they are ready to go for the season yeah. now they're looking for someone who is ready to start work on march 13th um they should the uh, individual hired should have quote a unique sense of fun and excitement and uh probably uh someone should not suffer from motion sickness or back problems um <laughs> They are going to be expected to test numerous rides and report on uh, fun factors, including the speed, thrills, and excitement levels. And they are going to be give, able to give advice where they think improvements could be made, um, working with the operation department to come up with ideas for future projects. Um, uh, now, you only have to be 16 years old to do this job. So I guess if you want to drop out of school, um, you know, go to work, no I problem. <laughs> Uh, you do have to be at least 52 inches tall, though. Ooh, I wonder if they're going to have you ride it multiple times each attraction, like front, middle, back, to see oh, you, you know, how, how it's all working you together. You have to test every single seat, absolutely. Yes. Ooh, that's a lot. Uh, so uh, if this sounds like the job for you, you're going to want to head over to blackpoolpleasurebeach.com uh, and uh, apply. I, I think you'll, you know, might have to uh, be over in the UK to do this because I don't know if they can hire uh, people from America, uh, their visa requirements and stuff. Correct. But uh, <laughs> uh, check that out. And if you uh, if you make it, let us know how that job goes for you. All right. Uh, that is just going to bring us to the end of the news in the queue. But before we get into this week's main attraction, it is time for us to hear a word from our sponsor. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction. All right. In, unless you've been living under a toadstool, you probably know what our main attraction is. Yes, the grand opening of Super Nintendo World in Universal Studios Hollywood. The first U.S.-based Nintendo-themed theme park land is finally open. And our own Carly got to attend uh, along with our publisher, Matt, and our reporter, Quinn. Um, how was it? We want to hear every detail. Uh, first, talk to us about the red carpet. Talk to about 
It's the party, uh, the, the, the big press event that happened before the grand opening. What was that experience like? Yes, it was really cool. I love when you get to enter anything through the back lot because it's just so magical because mm -hmm, magical mm -hmm. there's so much history there. We went Wednesday night to was kind of like the pre-event where the land was open. We got to go in there. Toadstool wasn't open to us at that time, but I saw Chris Pratt many times he was hanging around um some other really cool people too uh you know like models sprouts <laughs> number one was chris wearing his red mario hat i wish no, no number two did he have a power up <laughs> band and was he going around punching blocks and saying it's yes mario. <laughs> uh it was really cool mr nintendo came out said a few words and then the fireworks went off if you look at the article you could see the photos from oh. it I, you know, I watched, uh, our, we have a, a video on our YouTube channel, uh, of the grand opening moment. And it was just stunning the way they used projection mapping to kind of hide the whole land and then bring everything to light, uh, to life with the, the fireworks right. going off. It was, it was really stunning. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, I didn't do any of the games that night because I really just mm -hmm. kind of wanted to save it for the next day to fully experience everything. But I did mm -hmm. go on uh, Mario Kart that night. Yeah. Loved it. Um, it was a great event. It was so much fun. But the next day was really like go time where we had a big chunk of time to do everything in the land. So I did literally everything. I went to Toadstool Cafe. The food was amazing. This is your right. glow up. Okay, let's let's start here because previously uh, there was good food in the Wizarding World, and there was some good food in Simpsons Fast Food Boulevard. And other than that, you were pretty much going out to City Walk if you wanted to eat at Universal Correct. Hollywood. Uh, this looks like a huge step up in presentation, in ingredient quality. How does it taste? It was wonderful. I love the concept of it. So it's a cross between quick service and a full service sit down restaurant. Okay. So you order at a counter, but then a you know a server actually takes you to a table. We'll sort of like uh, three broomsticks and yes. or yeah uh, or um, a leaky cauldron. Yes, so but they're like super attentive. So it's a little different in that it operates like a full service where they keep coming back to check on you. Oh wow! Okay, that's so great. It's just like a, a little different. Um, I was with luckily with a group of people, so we just kind of ordered a bunch of stuff and you know all tasted it. Uh, highlights were the truffle fries were amazing. Uh, if you okay, so them, I am not a truffle oil person. I generally I find that anything that's truffled is pretty overwhelming uh but was, i've heard you're not the first person i've heard rave about the truffle fries right yeah it was it was subtle it was more like i don't know herby i guess i would say there was some parsley on there uh pro tip get the luigi burger pesto that serves with that with the fries if you get something else oh. and it, it was this amazing i love pesto it was a creamy basil pesto that comes with the luigi chicken sandwich and it was amazing um the shocker was the pasta dish. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't eat theme park pasta because, you know, that's not a good idea. This <laughs> was wonderful. It was actually spicy, which makes me unsure if it'll stay like that. It wasn't theme park spicy. It was right. spicy, flavorful. Um, everything is very cute, very kawaii. Uh, I, I was going to say, what I, they, there's, um, a lot of great options for vegetarians, and I just love the plating of the piranha plant salad. Uh, yes. Like, how can you eat that? It's just too adorable. You just want to take pictures of it. 
right now for vegetarian, it's the cheesy knots that come with sauce and this uh, caprese salad. Uh -huh. The caprese is also the only gluten-free option as of now. But I did ask them because it's, you know, it's like slim pickings. Uh, mm. It's in the works. They said Chef Toad is working on it. So I think once they get through just this initial round, you know, they'll try to figure and add some other stuff in. Uh, the tiramisu was amazing. Mm. So it was very, very shocking. Uh, I've eaten like all over Universal Hollywood. This is definitely, you know, the best now. I, I got to say, I... I am looking forward to the kids' meals. I'm a big yes. fan of ordering kids' meals because uh, it's generally enough food for me. And these are the best-looking kids' meals that I think I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yes. So they said that there, so if you notice, like, the broccoli and the corn, uh, they wanted to make it fun so that kids mm -hmm. would eat the vegetables. So it's plated very nicely. Uh, yeah. Reporter Samantha got it. So I looked at hers. Um, I think the picture <laughs> is on here. Um, it's very cute. Uh, yeah. They did a wonderful job. The drink was a, a surprise for me because I'm not really like a sugary drink or boba drink person. Mm. I think it's a lemon squash. It was okay. Delicious. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. So Universal Hollywood definitely stepping up their food game. Um, before we get into the main attraction, tell me a little bit about your power band experience. Uh, love the power band. Uh, the first day I used it, I kept falling off. Oh, no. Um, they, oh, because it's like a, it's one of those old slap, like slap bands, right? They's never really stayed no. on for me back in the day either. So that was a little issue. And then I found out you can go to the One Up Factory store inside the land, and they'll give you a band that goes over it to, to keep it in place. But they don't, yeah. I, I tried to get another one from a different Nintendo store outside of the land and they didn't have it. So just make sure oh. if you're spending $40 to get this band. You don't want to lose it. Yeah, get it. But the power up band, I was like, oh, do, am I really going to love this? I loved it. It was so much fun to go around and hit the blocks. And there's also a lot of other just kind of spaces where you, you know, can scan your power up band and like a little magical moment will happen. There's just so many places and it's, if you don't have the band, I just don't know how you would even experience the land. Mm -hmm. This is like, yep. it's not like magic band 2.0 where you like, eh, you don't need it. You need, you really need it. Sure. If you were going here. I just, well, just and don't understand how I do it. You know, I, I, I've seen some people complaining about, oh, why do I need to spend another 40 bucks? I, you know, I comparing them to the interactive wands, uh, the, the, the Harry Potter wands are significantly more expensive and I feel like they do much less. Um, like I, I can pretty much be satisfied standing next to someone, watch them do their right. wand and watch, saying, watch yeah. the, the window come to life or whatever. And I, I feel like that's pretty close to the experience without the money, but I don't feel like watching someone play the games uh, especially since there's a whole section that you can't even go into unless you've paid that upcharge yes. and played those games so my favorite of like my whole favorite experience of being there was the games mm -hmm. so the four key challenges that you have to play and win to get into bowser jr's castle that to me is the magic of the land and you need a band to play these games it was so much fun. It's like a workout almost because they're all very physical games. So you kind of feel like you're in a video game mm -hmm. or on like a Nickelodeon game show. You know, it was that was so fun. And we ended up playing the games like over and over again. 
Now you might know you might not know the answer to this. I, I know my wife would probably have no interest in playing these games, but she'd want to watch me play them. Mm -hmm. uh, if if I go and play, if I have the power up band and I play the Bowser Junior game that you can only get into if you've completed certain keys, would they let her come along with me and watch, or they only let people in who, no, who've done it? You, this they, it's almost like you're going in a full attraction. Like there is a oh, little wow. show room where you stand on a number kind of like flight of passage, you know, so oh, okay. you through it, there's a really cool walkway through it and stuff that you see, but no, this is, it's an attraction. Mm. It, it is a full blown attraction that Bowser junior castle. And it was so much fun. So you need the band. It's like non-negotiable have to get the band. All right. I'm getting the band. I'm yes. getting the band. Then, you know, it links getting up the band your, back together. You have to, it links up to your app so you could see your score, see what you're collecting, see what stamps that you've earned. But then also there's a, a leaderboard in the park. Uh, so it was so funny because we're like, oh, there's so-and-so high up. And oh, you like, recognize people. <laughs> uh, I, so there was a really fun part that I did. Now you, you went back on multiple days. Does it track your progress over time? Yes. Uh, and I actually, I lost my band one day oh. the thing. so i got a, ended up getting another band and definitely used the clip on it but you can add multiple characters to your app okay so, yeah i had like a princess peach band and then i ended up getting a toad band and it will i think the one thing we were trying to figure out is if i win one challenge today and then come back tomorrow will that log towards my progress oh. Because it does, you have to do it all in one day. Right, exactly. so that is something I need to figure mm -hmm. out. Um, there should be no problem in doing it all in one go. Mm -hmm. Because so I went back again yesterday. So I went four days in a row because oh, I wow. really, yeah, to just kind of see how things were going. Yesterday was fully open to the public opening weekend. The, the line for uh, Mario Kart was obviously very high because people are going, mm -hmm. people are just thinking, hey, I want to go on this ride. And they're not really thinking about the challenges yet mm -hmm. so that's like you have to do the challenges because it was even more fun than the ride but on a fully operational opening busy weekend the games didn't have long lines good that's so, great news that's because yeah. you know those those interactive windows in harry potter uh those often can get backed up on a busy day and right. not great crowd flow i know i know uh you know nintendo in in hollywood is very compact uh it's very intimate did you you know it, it was it was packed while you're there did you feel claustrophobic did you did it feel like being in uh, hogsmeade on uh christmas no it didn't that's what i was i was worried i was like oh my god is this gonna be like diagon alley when the dragon yeah, exactly yeah off? it didn't feel like that at all excellent, excellent. so it's, it's a compact space but the way it's designed is very like you are in a 360 degree world and it's all open mm. so everything is mostly around you so it didn't feel like we were pushing through people and you know i was there on grand opening day when it first opened to the public and it was like so many people were coming in but it felt fine you know you know you know during the uh during the preview period uh, when it was it soft open technical rehearsals people were taking pictures of bad sight lines or things that weren't finished uh did you feel like it, it felt complete it felt finished it it, it felt yeah. immersive to you Oh, absolutely. And it's like, 
what are they going to do? Tear down a mountain so that you don't see it in the background? Right. That's what we were right. up on. The, there's like a second level that you can go up to, and there's these mm -hmm. really cool projection thing you could look into the land. I'm like, what were they supposed to do? Yeah, just you just know, bulldoze the Hollywood Hills, no problem. Major. I mean, like I wasn't even looking in the distance because there's so much going on around you. It's so vibrant and colorful. There's things moving everywhere mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like the piranha and whatnot so there's, there's a so lot much kinetic energy in the whole mm -hmm. land it's something that's really missing for me in say star wars galaxy's edge where everything looks great in still shots but when you're there in person it's just kind of static uh where it really seems like in super nintendo world everywhere you look there's something animated there's something to catch your eye um you know, just bringing energy to the whole place. All right, let's let's talk about the main attraction, yes. uh, Mario Kart. Uh, you know, in in the we've had a bunch of big, technologically advanced dark rides in the last few years, like Rise of the Resistance, uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. How does this stack up for you in in the you know chart of of right great dark rides like uh. I'll preface this. I've done Rise of the Resistance so many times, but it, I think it just loses its luster after a while. Also, mm. because it heavily relies on cast members engaging with you and being mm. character, which is a lot to ask someone yeah. to do, you know? Um, so I'm kind of over Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> okay. this, this you will not get over. This right. was amazing. Just the queue you walk through and you're going through all these different zones, like a, a luminescent room. There, it was just everywhere you look going through the main part of the castle and seeing all these easter eggs and there's books you're going through the library uh the it looks even house. more elaborate than hogwarts castle's queue to me oh yeah I'm no it is very very elaborate it is just really it's hard to explain it was fun you know i love rides fun. that are just like you're on it and you're laughing and that's how i am on like guardians of the galaxy mission breakout i'm just so happy sure this was that kind of ride where you just feel, you know, joy. And it's really fun. I was concerned because you point with your head, mm -hmm. you shoot with the buttons on your steerer, and then you turn. turn. So it's like you gotta you gotta pat your head and rub your stomach yeah. at the same time. There's a lot going on. Uh I feel like the first time I did it, I was terrible. Then I did it. <laughs> Again, and I didn't wear the glasses because I wanted to see everything. Uh -huh. And I, I was so glad I did that because it is a dark ride with cool technology. I mean, it's comparable almost to like Secret Life of Pets where you have this projection going on, but mm -hmm. then physical set pieces. So if you can go on it multiple times, I, I really liked not using the glasses one time. Okay. Um, and they'll let you do that if you just tell them I don't want the glasses. You don't have to do anything. So okay. basically, you'll still put the helmet on, but your glasses. You just don't have to pull it up out. And right. plug it exactly. In. You just don't pull it out of the seat. Now, when you were wearing them, how are the grass? Does it does it look realistic? Did, did, is it 3D? Did it yes. fit into the space? It did. It, it looked realistic. It was so realistic that it was freaky the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm really, really in it, especially when you're coming around the end and you're going to the finish line, it's like you're in the game. It, it wow. was wild. It was it really, so it seems like this is definitely one of those rides that watching a YouTube video is not going to do it justice. That you, no. you don't understand what it's like. Right. It was, it was so much fun. The first time we didn't beat Bowser, then we did. And it was very exciting. Uh, 
but yeah, it, it's just a good ride. Uh, the seats were cozy. So I know there are a lot of, you know, people. Let's talk concerned. a little about that. There's been a lot of controversy. Uh, officially, Universal says on their site that people with a waist uh, of more than 40 inches may have trouble fitting. Um, right. So basically. How did it feel to you? Yeah, I think they're only saying that to watch their own butts so that people don't, you know, ask for mm-hmm. reasons. That's what it is. I've talked to a lot of like men that are like really big guys and they were like, I fit in no problem and was comfortable. Well, you know, I find the Secret Life of Pets ride vehicle very restrictive. So uh, I would say that like is, yes. So I'm more restrictive than this. You, you feel more restricted in Secret Life of Pets. Okay. Just the way you have to angle your body into that seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was very comfortable. Um, you know, I felt like you really had enough arm space to really kind of get in. That's it. true. You got to get your elbows out too. Right. You don't, you can't, you know. Drifting is a big part of it. And uh-huh. so you're drifting a lot. So you really need that space. So I, I feel like the design was much more spacious than I thought it was going to be. Because sometimes when I do men in black, you put your arms, you don't really have the room to move around because you're tightly packed in there. But that wasn't the case here. All right. Well, I, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to be there on the first and second. Uh, I bought a early entry ticket because uh, you know they're, they're selling an hour of early entry. Uh, it costs twenty or twenty-five dollars depending on the day, but hopefully it'll be worth it if I can get in there and get a few laps on Super Mario uh, Kart okay. before everyone so else gets in there. The virtual line yesterday was out until about. I think it was like 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. I was I was going on Secret Life of Pets and there was a family in front of me that said they were trying all day. Mm-hmm. And at four o'clock, they refreshed it and got a reservation for the evening. That's so great. I think it goes out in the morning. And then Universal Hollywood is just so different from Orlando where a lot of people don't stay in the evening. It like empties out on a, when it's open late. It was open till 10 p.m. last night. After like six o'clock here, mm-hmm. it usually kind of, quiets down. So if you can't get a virtual queue in the morning, just stick around, you mm. know, frustrated, you should be able to get it hopefully or pay the money and go early. <clears throat> now, obviously I haven't tried it myself yet. The way I understand if it if similar to the way it works at Universal in Orlando, you don't necessarily have to be inside the park yet to get that virtual line, but you, you do, do have need to be, to be the within the GPS. Yeah. Oh, you do need to be inside the park. Yes. <clears throat> um, is it tied to your admission pass? How does it know that you are inside the park? So I am not really sure, but Universal Hollywood app isn't as technologically advanced. So like, I can't even get my AP to sync up. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I could still access the virtual line because Secret Life of Pets was also on a virtual line yesterday and I was able to pull that up. Uh, But it's really hard. You can't like link your tickets to people in it. So it'll just, if you're in the zone to reach the, I guess, whatever that geo zone is. Yeah, I I think it's the same way in in Universal Orlando where there's a geofence. It's by GPS. So as long as you're on property, but that could be in City Walk or maybe even the parking garage. um, uh, You don't necessarily, I don't think, have to have entered the turnstiles. 
And I'm uh, not sure what that Geozone is. The only Geozone I know to heart is for Trader Sam's. <laughs> I know exactly we, we've, we've got an in, we've got an inside tip here from Eric that you can actually book a virtual line from the no In-N-Out Burger down the street. All right, that wow. answers that question. Okay, uh, yeah, so you can go get the, some snacks and Kawanga and then book your virtual. Offense here at Universal is pretty uh, generous too. You can actually book uh, book it from uh, the Double Tree across the street if you have to. Um, yeah, apparently it is based on a GPS location and device ID, but is not tied to your admission ticket. So yeah, I, that, that would be is possible good. because they can't figure out how to get your tickets to link in that app. So yeah, uh, and and last but certainly not least, uh, they confirmed the worst kept secret in history. Uh, Super Nintendo World is coming to Universal Orlando at Epic Universe, and it looks like it's going to be the biggest and best version of all of them when we get it here. Yes, so, I, mean, yay, I would love that Yoshi Dark Ride. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm so ready for that. But at Hollywood, they really use the space as well as they can. If you go on the Studio Tram Tour, you will literally see that like there is like two feet between the back of the castle and one of the working <clears throat> studios. So there is no more room to go anywhere. This is what you know, we're doing. And so obviously, if this is as popular as uh, they hope it's going to be, um, they might want to add more Nintendo in the future. Um, you know, having been back there backstage, uh, they pretty much have to tear down some some big sound stages, right, to have room next door for Donkey Kong or anything right. else. Right. And I just don't. I don't see that happening because also, like I said, like the Studio Tram Tour, it's in the direct path. There's really nowhere. Like behind Bowser, one side is the Studio Tram Tour and a working sound stage. The other side of this land is the main access road for anyone working on the lot. So uh -huh. like, there's no, there's physically yeah. nowhere to go. It's like the parking garage, the main gate. This is where everyone that's working on the lot. Is At a certain point, they have to decide, do you want to be a theme park or a movie studio? Because <laughs> they're right. buttoned right up against each other. Oh, yeah. And I think they'll probably stick with the movie studio because there's always so much going on production-wise. Yeah. Um, someone asked, what is a virtual line? I was just about to say thank yeah. you. Uh, we just jumped into talking about it without mentioning it. Um, so uh, Super Nintendo World is a little different than the rest of Universal Hollywood. This is something they tried very briefly at the Wizarding World when it first opened. Uh, when the park is busy, once capacity is reached in that land, just to get into the land, you're going to need a virtual line reservation. This is available for free. You can either go to a kiosk on the lower level, uh, or you can, better yet, uh, go into Universal's smart phone app uh, and get it in there. Um, but basically, uh, they they aren't necessarily open uh, available right at rope drop. Uh, they don't turn the system on until it's necessary. But I know the last couple of days it's been needed within a half hour of opening. Right, yeah. And so um, it's the same virtual line that Universal Hollywood uses for attractions when they also get very mm -hmm. busy. So yep. you don't know when it's going to happen. It will just pop up in a line. Like Secret Life of Pets yesterday was at, I was standing around the area, was at a 25-minute wait. And then, and then all of a sudden, virtual it, line. Yeah, yeah. It's virtual line only. Go in yeah, the when app. they when they hit a certain length of the queue, they switch to a virtual line pass. And then you go into the system and uh, it'll let you pick from various uh, time windows to return at. And then once you return, you're still going to have a wait of maybe 20 or 30 minutes, um, right. but hopefully not much more than that. 
if you purchase a express pass for the day, you get to skip this. Um, there is no express for the Mario Kart ride itself, but this will let you get into the land without having to have a virtual line pass. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I upgraded my annual to the Platinum, which also gets you into the land once after 3 p.m. But what I noticed a lot of people were taking advantage of yesterday, the VIP tour at Universal Hollywood mm. is cheap in the grand scheme of theme park. Mm -hmm. I think yesterday it was about 400 per person, which if you think about how much they were selling the Express yesterday, which was 200. So yeah. for 400, you would get to go into the land, you get to go on Bowser, but you'd also get you know, your whole normal VIP tour at Universal Hollywood. So I think this is something to consider. It was sold out yesterday. So I think yeah. people are going to be taking advantage of that for sure. Even before Super Nintendo, uh, the Hollywood VIP tour was one of the best in any theme park because right. it gets you a private uh, tour on the stu of the studio tram tour. Instead of the big tram, you're on a little private tram and you can actually get off and walk around the sets. And that alone makes it worth uh, spending the extra for the VIP tour. Oh. But when you throw in the access to Super Nintendo World on top of it, um, absolutely worth every penny. Oh, yeah. Food, you get to sit down lunch, buffet, yeah. you get unlimited water. Yeah, all day. So I think if you I've were done VIP tours at all the major theme yeah. parks, and I really would put Universal Hollywood's right at the top. Agreed. Um, I, I'm curious to see Universal Hollywood is such a different park than your, the Orlando parks and even Disneyland because mm -hmm. during the week, it could be a ghost town. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious to see what it's going to be like with this new land, if it's going yeah. to be attracting more people on days that were typically like super slow. So I'm very curious to see how it's going to play I am out. really, I'm really curious to see if the, the gamification of the land, the replayability of the ride, um, encourages uh, people to use this as a hangout to like, you know, come by in the evening and and come again and again and just sort of spend time soaking up the land uh, more so than than riding the attractions. Yeah. Uh, I, I well, so. I'm, I'm jealous that you got to be there for the big opening. I can't wait to talk to you about it more after I get back. If you want more information, uh, visit UniversalStudiosHollywood.com. Uh, or hop on over to MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, and they can help you plan your trip out there. Yes, and plan one. Now is the time. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that just about brings us to the end of yet another show. We went just a couple of minutes over, but we had some big stuff to talk about. Uh, before we go, we want to thank our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, once again. And I want to remind you to please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating on Spotify. It really helps us get the word out. Yes. If you want more coverage from us and Attractions Magazine on the interwebs, Carly, where can everyone find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Adventures by Carly and on Twitter at Carly Caramata. You can find me at the UG series on Twitter, at the Unofficial Guides on Instagram, and at theunofficialguides.com. And you can find the entire Attractions Magazine team 24-7 at attractionsmagazine.com, at Attractions on Twitter, at Attractions Magazine on Instagram, youtube.com slash Attractions Magazine, and at Attractions on TikTok. Uh, I will not be here for the next two weeks. Uh, Carly will be back next week with a very special yes. guest host um i will be off in california uh Yay. 
and then the following week after that, uh, we I think we are both going to be gone. Uh, that would be March 6th, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and so we are going to release a special uh, edition of our podcast, that interview that we did a while back with Carlos Navarro. You might have heard it if you listened to uh, our show live. Uh, but if uh, you're a podcast subscriber, that is when you will get to hear it in the feed. Uh, yes, and then, so and then after those two weeks, we will be back to our normal schedule, bringing you all of the news. Uh, so until then, uh, we hope that you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. And we will see you next time. Thanks,